You are the one that is listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 227, brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook at audiblepodcast.com slash iFanboy. Discount comic book service, Summit City Comic Con, and iFanboy listeners like you. So fair, let it go on along. Welcome to iFanboys.com's Pick of the Week podcast, episode 227. I am the one named Connor Kilpatrick. He is the one named Ron Richards. I am. He is the one named Josh Flanagan. You are the ones who are saying that, and it is true. <laughs> <laughs> We're stopping that now. Never not At funny. iFanboy.com, we like comics. We read comics. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best one they read that week. We, they write about it on the website. We talk about it on the show, along with the other books from the week and other topics of interest. Woo. Before we get to the show, a quick reminder and a warning. This is a review show, so we'll be talking about the books of the week. We'll be spoilers. We'll be ruining things that happen. So if you haven't read your books yet, pause the show and come back. It'll be a more delightful experience for you. It'll be a delightful, lovely experience for you. It'll be, be nice. You got one more. Say it. Oh. Ron is the one that has the pick of the week. I am. And uh, don't forget, at, uh, towards the end of the show, we'll be doing our voicemail contest winner will be announced, as well as we'll be listening to some of the voicemails. And we'll, we'll be talking about that. So. I made a huge mistake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I had the pick of the week this week. Uh, and this week's pick of the week was Uncanny X-Men number 522, written by Matt Fraction, drawn by Will Spartaccio, inked by Ed Tadeo, colored by Justin Ponsor. And really, did you think it would be another book? Really? I didn't Guys, think, I gotta go. I, I'll I be was back surprised. In <laughs> what people don't realize is that I've been manipulating the pick of the week schedule for about four months to <laughs> orchestrate me having the pick of the week on this week. If I can you, see that. If you go back, you look in February, there was a lot of jockeying. There was a lot of Connor covering, Josh covering. We kind of threw off the schedule. I talked to Lindsay a lot about the scheduling of the baby being born. It was all <laughs> part of my plan to bring us to this moment. You so, induced labor? I induced labor. <laughs> no. Um, you did. <laughs> so, I was there. The doctor did it. <laughs> he's in Ron with a mustache. Yeah, exactly. A, like, I was stuck. Hello. Hello. do slaver. So, um, Uncanny X Men number five twenty two. I got I, I mentioned this in my review on iFanboy. I got to give him credit. No surprise. No cliffhanger. When they solicited this book, they said Kitty's coming back. It's no joke. Kitty Pride is coming back to the X Men. So we already kind of knew what happened, and I think that's fine. In this, as I said, you know, and, and whether you agree with me or not, personally for me, I think the day of the, you know, oh my God, I can't believe that happened is somewhat over. I think yep. there's still a chance it can happen, but it's going to be rare and few and far between. So I like the idea that that I knew what was going to happen, and it was less about what was actually going to happen and, and why. So how did she come back? How did she get back from? Because last we saw Kitty Pride, she had been trapped in a bullet, planet-sized bullet that was shot at the Earth. Space bullet. Space bullet. She phased. Did she phase the bullet through the Earth? If I recall correctly. Yep. To save the Earth, she she <laughs> phased the bullet and it went right through Earth and kept on going. And they, at the end of the Astonish X Men, they just went, "Oh well, we can't get her." <laughs> and then everyone, everyone, space, everyone went, we don't know anybody who could get her. And everyone was like, "Okay, well, oh, shit, that sucks." And Colossus, <laughs> and Colossus was like, "But, but, but." <laughs> And they're, and they're like, really? We talked to Reed Richards. He said we can't do it. What do you want? We talked to Doctor Strange, and he's but okay. 
They, just, <laughs> they went about their business. Never really sat well with me, that ending. Never. That's the one, my one problem with the Astonishing X-Men ending. Uh, if he had killed her, if it had been a little more final, but it was just the, the shrug and walk away because the issue's over, didn't really sit well with me. <laughs> it was sort of astonishingly not self-starters <laughs> yeah, exactly it's like, but we can't but oh fuck let's just accept it yeah so she's hurtling away from the earth on the space bullet guys is anyone coming yeah. hello <laughs> i can only assume she doesn't need to eat or drink because she's phased right because it's know. it's been wait don't ask me because it's been it's been years it's or not, go to the bathroom yeah, or it, has, it hasn't been week it's li- weeks it's literally been years and don't talk to me about comic book time don't tell me that it was two weeks ago in comic book time or whatever it's been fucking years that she's been on this space bullet <laughs> it's been like 15 or 16 events yeah exactly but so um so essentially what happened was is that when magneto was up with the high evolutionary getting his powers back uh, for a moment he detected the bullet and went, well, what's that? And then he proceeded to shrug and go, oh, well. <laughs> and, didn't, and didn't do anything. Again. <laughs> no, actually, apathy really tells this story. Exactly. Actually, the high evolutionary found it. And he's like, hey, there's something here. And Magneto goes, ah, forget it. Let's get my powers back. But Magneto, uh, Magneto's return to the X-Men, and part of his return to the X-Men is to, is to try to um, uh, atone for his sins and be you know, brought back into the group again, and he wants to belong. And so he's been helping them where he can. He helped them shore up the supports of the, the, of the island, and he's been doing little things. And then last issue, he just decided to walk up to a mountain and just start meditating, and his nose started bleeding and went into a, a transitive state. He had uh, size shields up so that Emma couldn't get in to see what's going on. They didn't know what was happening. Then they realized that oh, crap, the bullet moved. And they said Magneto must be pulling the bullet back with his powers. And that's why he's like, you know, meditating. That's why his nose is bleeding. He's pushing his powers to his limit. And so as soon as they realize, it becomes this scramble of the X-Men to A, protect it so the Earth doesn't know the bullet is coming, which I thought was an interesting angle. So, uh, so Cyclops goes to the science team, to the X-Club, and says, hey, shield the bullet. Make sure that everyone, you know, you know, don't make sure nobody knows this is happening. So a combination of telepathy with the Cuckoos and Emma, as well as uh, Cerebra, basically telepathically fooling all the machines that they're not seeing the, the satellite, which I thought was re- a really clever thing. And it was even more clever that then they get a phone call from Reed Richards going, what are you guys doing? He's like, he's like, you might, you might be able to fool everyone else, but you're not going to fool me. You know? So I thought that was a neat Listen, one. mister. Yeah, that was, that, was a well done, that was a well done scene. And then it just – But then they reminded him about the bullet and he went, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Oh, I couldn't help you with that. Sorry. My <laughs> <laughs> bad. And so you know, they get all the positions in place and then it's basically just all the X-Men gather around Magneto and they're waiting for it to happen. And the whole – the undertone of, of this issue was the fact that – you know, and I've, we've always said it, and every, everyone, you know, everyone should know. It, but Kitty Pride is the heart of the X Men, as far as I'm concerned. Whereas Cyclops is the responsibility, and Wolverine is the aggression, and you know, like every whatever different kind of things. Kitty has always been the heart. She has been the, you know, we watched her as a teenager join the team. We watch her grow up with the team. We watch her be challenged. We watch her train. We watch her fail. We watch her succeed, and all this sort of stuff. And and for whatever reason, when Kitty hasn't been around, it hasn't really felt like the X Men, at least for me. Um, and so now imagine, and for the characters as well, I mean, you have Colossus who's in love with her, you know, Wolverine who's got a father figure to her. Everybody has these, you know, deep, you know, kind of relationships with her. Um, all the new mutants have relationships with her. Like she's one of the ties that bind. And what Matt Fraction really tapped in on was that emotion and that like you ever have someone and whether it's romantic or family or whatever, but you have someone who you just really, really, really love and they're gone. 
and they're just not around. And that 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 Phil Hartman. Yes, that <laughs> that feeling you get in your stomach or in your heart when you think about it, and they're not there, and then they come back. And that feeling of warmth and disbelief and all that stuff and Fraction somehow, I mean, I don't know how he did it, but he tapped it right into it. And (laughs) also the combination of Wills Portacio, and I wrote about it in my review, for me personally was was even more of an emotional gut punch because, you know, Wills Portacio I discovered when he was doing X-Factor than X-Men. And for me, he's been one of that people who define the look of the X-Men. So to go to an artist who had history with the X-Men and have him do this issue, and this is probably some of the best Portacio I've seen in years. This is a one issue that he did. He's not, yeah. He hasn't, yeah. Exactly. And it, it just it just hit on all those levels, and then to have it happen and have her come back, and of course something has to go wrong. And you know, for those to, who aren't reading it, who want to know, and you know, we said we'd spoil it, whatever. Kitty, you know, land, the, you know, Magneto d- d- dismantles the bullet and gently lands Kitty in front of everybody, and she stands up and she goes to hug Colossus, and she goes right through him, mm-hmm. and she's still faced. She's been so. My guess is that she's been phased for so long she can't unphase. So she's like, like a living ghost. Yep. Or if like it's like little kids, if you keep making that face, it's gonna it's stay, stay that way. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Honestly, it's right. probably a better thing for him because she probably smells really bad. Right. Yeah. She needs a shower. She, yeah, so but, as soon as she comes the other way, she's gonna collapse from dehydration and shit all over the place. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> we're not gonna talk about the leg situation. So so when when they're waiting <laughs> when they're waiting for nice when they're waiting for her to come back, there's just, there's just this great panel of you know you know they've all the X Men have gathered around Magneto. They've lit fires. They're on this mountain and they're just there's one shot and it's kind of looking down on the X-Men and it's you know Cyclops holding Emma and behind it is Colossus Nightcrawler and Wolverine and Angel and Rogue and Psylocke and they're just all waiting in anticipation and then the bullet comes down and you see it go by the Golden Gate Bridge and you see Magneto struggling and then you see the bullet get dismantled and you see Kitty just slowly get you know laid you know laid down on the ground and it it just it totally nailed it and then in a great decision after she comes back and they realize that you know it ends with you know kind of Colossus screaming what does this mean what does this mean because he can't hold her and it just ends with all these rectangle rectangular panels four panels to the page of just little glimpses and it's it's like a shot of the uh, utopia island at night cyclops sitting by himself kitty in some sort of you know science Thing you know, and Colossus, you know, like a, a not I don't want to say a tomb, but like a like a back to tank, a back to tank, yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, Colossus with holding his hand to the glass, and you know, and then Magneto laid out, you know, because he's you know because he pushed himself too far, and he's you know now he's unconscious. And then you've got this interesting page of Emma and Namor under in the under the water, which I don't quite know that maybe they're laying the grounds for an Emma Namor thing. But then you've got basically X Men lives going on, and you've got Phantom X hitting on Psylocke, and you've got some of the X Men being interviewed by the police after their interviewed by the press after they're helping the police and you've got Nightcrawler and Pixie and Angel and Iceman playing basketball and just this idea of like life goes on and it and then it just ends on Cyclops and Emma and Cyclops hugging and then the sun rising and it was just the best single issue of X-Men Uncanny X-Men that have been in years I mean honestly think about it. when was the last time I picked Uncanny X-Men as a pick of the week if at all I don't I don't remember the last time you mentioned an issue yeah yes. like, because you weren't gonna say it was like what the fuck was that right so, yeah exactly so I mean it was just I mean bravo Matt Fraction it was everything I'd want from this issue um and the thing is, the Return of Kitty Pride could be handled really poorly. They could have gone a lot wrong in a lot of directions, and I was glad to see that he pulled it off. And there was a great backup story written by Fraction, drawn by Phil Jimenez and inked by Andy, Lan- Andy Lanning that was really good, too. Which was weird because the story ended, then there's a full-page ad of The Shield book, the Hickman mm-hmm. Shield yep. book. And then I turned the page and started reading the backup, and I thought it was the preview of The Shield book. <laughs> and I was like, this doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> 
But I'd yeah. like to say as a longtime non-X-Men reader, I think it's a sham that Kitty wasn't out in space longer. I think they brought her back too soon. I don't know what I'm talking about. Just <laughs> fake complaint. Fake but, complaint. But yeah, Kitty so. lapped Jean Grey. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but so yeah so Kitty's back and and like I said my review now everything feels like okay now everything's the way it should be and so we'll see you know I'm, I'm even oh, with the island yeah I'm fine with the island I like the island I like I I've always been a firm believer that that when the X Men are together like when they, when they were together at uh, in Westchester or when they were together in San Francisco or together when they're together that's when the best stories happen when the family aspect is happening when they're scattered when they're arguing and not getting along stuff like that that's the when it doesn't work it works to get it works the best when they're all gathered in one place and act as a family I agree with that yeah so I hope I just hope that this is the launch pad of a great uh, year of uh, of more what is this second coming story. Uh, my guess is it's it's with now that finally the fucking story and cable and hope is over. It's the the Phoenix Force is going to probably come back and. and or is what, Gene coming back? I don't know. I don't know if it's Gene. If it, I you know, I have no comment. Ah. <laughs> uh. yeah. I've been battling on long enough, but that's so. I I love Kitty. If Kitty, if I was in the comics, I'd have a crush on Kitty. So there you go. If 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 so, <laughs> new, new Avengers number sixty three came out, and Mike McCone was the guest penciler and. He's okay. I like Mike McCone. I like McCone. I, was, I like him a lot. I know I like McCone. It's just that, you know, Eminem's so great on this book that he's defined the look recently. And yeah. so that was a bit of a disappointment. Also, but I do like the fact that for whatever reason, and this happened in Amazing Spider-Man as well, when McCone draws Spider-Man, they color him in the original black and red way. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. Like, well, I don't know why I, with him they always do that, but they do. Connor, do you remember today that I was trying to tell you about a book that had, like, no backgrounds? Yeah. This was the one. This just one. like what? flipping through it now, like a lot of the pages, like they, there's they so many backgrounds. I'm looking at the first it, five pages; they're just chock full of. Look at the apartment through. when Luke and, and um, yeah. Jessica. As you go through it, though, in other ones, like all of a sudden the, the background is just all yellow or all blue or something like that. Like, well, he, he does it in the close-up talking panels, but in the, in, yeah. in the back dude, scene, he's the drew backgrounds. That you are not right. You are wrong. I know, I know, but like there were pages. There's one panel. I see one panel when the hood and all everybody showed up. There was a yellow background. There was, right. There's no background. Through it, there's but. other ones, but that's I just I'm, noticed. There are some, but I wouldn't. And I wouldn't then the other it. problem with this issue is that I don't know who this guy is supposed to be. Clint Barton. I don't. Because <laughs> that's not. They like I don't know. I I tweeted earlier in the week that like they need a model for Clint Barton because people are he's all over the place. And, oh, like, you mean the, art, art wise? Yes, art wise, yeah. like for his face and hair. Because he, like in this, it just didn't look right. I don't know why, but yeah, no, he I'm, looks he looks older and sort of. And what did yeah. I tell you on Twitter? That it was the nerdiest thing I've ever said. Yep, and I—that's fine. I think that one of the other, if I'm going to continue, well, what, the I lo- art- what, I, what I love is that you're you're so quick to judge other like continuity nerds or whatever. But when it's your character, you're when like it's Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't look right. His hair's longer. In last not- issue, his he had a bit of a stubble, and this one, he's clean shaven. Like <laughs> a, the fact that you would make that you think you can make fun of anybody for doing that. No, I can't. Yeah, I can make- B. Yeah, I'm not. It's I, it's fine. I wasn't. I didn't have a problem with the characterization or anything like that. Like it just looked a little off. And you know, no, he, I, I, he, did, he did look. He did look weird. Um, I think one of the other things with this issue is that it was actually colored a little flatter. Yeah, Dave McCaig did. Normal, and I I don't know. I Dave McCaig's better than that. I don't. Know, I didn't didn't work for me. Um, he, they also spelled colorist wrong on the credits. Really? Yeah, there's two S's in colorist. Wow, colorist. that is um, not good. I, no, what I thought Star- was what I thought was interesting. What dawned on me as I was reading the scene between Luke and Jessica was wasn't Luke like near death like two days before this issue? Mm, the whole yeah. heart surgery thing, and now he's he's like totally fine. The other thing is that this pretty much seems to have taken place already. Yeah. Like seeds 
three already happened. So yeah, it's I mean, a bit it's, of a flashback. But I, I do like the I do like the interplay between Luke and Jessica. That's to me yes. the highlight of the book. And Clint and Bobby was great too. I thought these were these were great little couple moments. Yes, they were. They, I really like those scenes. Is uh, if you go to the website, you'll see Connor does the the best panels feature. And my favorite panel of the week was in this one. Yep. Uh, when Clint and Bobby are talking on the rooftop, and Spider-Man swings by. Hey guys, what's going on? Not now. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> and you made a great point about that. How normally you shouldn't have unless you know, like unless there's a reason for it to happen, it yeah. shouldn't be there. There's no reason for that. But other than None. yeah, yeah. But it's okay. I don't care. I'm yeah. cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, then at the end, there's the here's your spoiler. But at the end, the big cliffhanger is that apparently Bobby is crushed by Asgard. Right. Uh, but I know she survives because <laughs> she's got a book coming out. Yeah. Uh, Jim McCann said she was okay. <laughs> Unless that's not her, that would be stupid. It's a that's a left mile decoy. Yeah. This is so. If you don't know, this is this is one of the issues. The next issue as well is setting the stage for the Hawkeye and Mockingbird book, which is coming out soon. So, if you're fans of those characters, these are must read issues. This is how you see how they're going to go off and and have adventures. The yep. first issue is just him digging. <laughs> so um yeah this week also had the first issue of the guild from dark horse which is the comic series based off the the web tv series that felicia day created and this comic was written by felicia day and it was drawn by jim rugg of aphrodisiac fame yes and i said earlier in the week that if you want to take a if you want to try a new book get this purely on the art alone and in my opinion it delivered I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was. It was okay. Like I thought it was a solidly okay book. I just watched the Guild this past week because I had never seen it before. And I, yeah. And I was going to get the book for Jim Rose. I figured I should watch the show, and it's on Netflix streaming. If you have Netflix streaming, you can watch the whole thing. And it's it was okay. It's true. Is, I mean, it's an origin is, story. It's, it's, it takes place before the series. Yeah, and the, th- and the thing is, is that like I'm, I, I've watched the series, and I'm not a huge fan of it. I think it's, I think the series is just okay. Yeah, I and, do too. And I think that the comic is very true to the series. Like it, it was, it, of course, because you know Felicia wrote so much of the series, and she wrote this, and so it's true to, the, true to the voice and all that stuff like that. But I liked how the art changed when she went into the into the World of Warcrafty yes. game. Like I went to, it went to a more painterly kind of style. Oh, art wise, yeah. it was fantastic. Oh yeah, for the, for was, me, this is all about rug. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. For so. me, story wise, the only problem they just it just too much time hammering home her problems. Yeah, and her and her self esteem issues. I mean, it, we really got the sense of it, and it was like unrelenting. Yeah, just just how much of a doormat she was, and it was kind of like just over and over and over. It was getting kind of repetitive. The art was beautiful. Yeah, it was okay. I gave it like three, you know, three stars. It was yeah. it was all right. If you've you played World of Warcraft, you probably get a lot more out of it than if you haven't. Yeah, it'll hit a little too close to home. So also, there's also a new issue. The first issue of Mark Miller's Next Creator Own Project with Steve McNiven, Nemesis, issue number one, came out. Or Makes ne- kick-ass oh, look like shit. Or Nemesis, if you read the uh, title on the cover the way the guy laid it out. <laughs> there's too much space between the E and the S. Well, anyway. let me quickly give my thoughts because I know you guys have lots of thoughts on these. I just want to get it out of the way before you guys start ranting. Okay. I thought this was okay. I, I thought this was like a solid beginning to a dumb action movie. In that sense, it was fun. I thought what it lacked was any of the wit and originality of Kick-Ass, the stuff that made Kick-Ass special. I agree. was missing personal from this touches. Up. Yep. Yes. Totally for this, this is just like a big old dumb action movie, which was fun if that's what you were looking for. And now you guys can go. I thought I, I agree with you. I thought it was a big dumb action movie. I thought I, I thought it lacked the the character that Kick-Ass had, and it lacked you know kind of. Uh, I think it was just a little too by the book. I think I was actually really disappointed in McNiven. Yeah. I think yes. it, I think his art took a real step backwards, and I actually think the, a lot of the like the the layouts or lack of layouts uh, were really a, detra- a detractor. It was all widescreen, you know, movie storyboard stuff. You know, the barely any storytelling. You know, there's a couple of nice splash pages, but other than that, it, it just kind of fizzled for me. I, yeah, I mean, I, I was 
didn't think it was bad, but I, I, I mean, even as a person who's not really a Miller fan, mm. I was kind of left sort of like, all right, it's fine, I guess. And but, but more than anything, like I look forward to seeing McNiven art. Like I, I, I love Steve McNiven art, and I was kind of, I remember like, like, really, is this him? Like it just yeah. didn't feel like it didn't have. Well, any I think of that. I think it was a different inker on this one too. Yeah, and and maybe that's it. But for whatever no, reason, he, like, he inked oh, himself. Yeah, there, oh, you, there go. you go. Yep. I just, I, yeah. I, I just, I just had. I, I mean, I guess maybe I had higher hopes or higher expectations or whatever. But I thought it would just be. Well, that's that's w- their fault, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I just, I mean, like this whole like, what if Batman was evil or whatever? And it's like, I, you know, like it, it. I didn't even get that. I just got that. Okay, this guy's a cop killer, and you know, he's an asshole, and he's gonna kill people, and he's gonna make a plane crash, and great, and you know, like that was. It just, it, it nothing, nothing grabbed. Like the first stage kick ass grabbed me. This did not grab me. Yeah, it lacked it lacked that spark of yeah. wit that was attached to Kick Ass. Kick Ass was also very funny and had a lot of, you know, stuff that you could you could really hang your hat on. Here it was just kind of like a lot of explosions and a lot of people got killed and there wasn't yeah. a lot of, you know, the, even the main the main hero guy, the, the super cop guy, is kind of I didn't you know I couldn't tell you anything about him other than he, right. sometimes he looked like Viggo Mortensen, sometimes he didn't. And I, I just don't understand how you give somebody logo credit for just laying out the word. That's not a logo. <laughs> he just put it, he just took impact and wrote nemesis. Jesus, sorry, font, font, font nerd. Well, it was not that you talked about it once, but it's that you came back to it. Well, no, I just know. I look at the, the I look at the, I'm like, guys, guys, this is. I can't let this serious go. Business. Well, no, but the fact is that there's a guy. I mean, Rich Ginter. I'm sure he's a nice guy and everything. This is Rich Ginter logo production design. Like the logo is not like I can understand if it was a fucking awesome logo, but all he did was write ne- Nemesis on in Impact, and that was it. Makes me uncomfortable when you say nemesis. Nemesis, <laughs> and also, and as we, and we, and the thing is that we did me and a couple other folks in uh, my comic store analyzed it, and actually, if you look at it, says you know Miller and McNivens, and the S in McNivens doesn't line up with the edge of the E and Nemesis underneath it, and that's really annoying. You have like wow. a lot of like designer friends, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so. Connor and I could stare at that all day long and yeah. be like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. fine. Sorry. Okay. Oh, I am looking at it though. Yeah, you see what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> see once you see it. Yeah. Oh. Eh, that's kind of microscopic. Well, yeah, but it's enough. I mean, that's the whole, you know. Uh, also, I don't think that you could be any closer between the E and the S. It's just how they work. No, the S could be closer. You you, adju- you need to adjust the letter. All right, anyway, let's move on. Come on. Wow. Anyway, wow. moving on. <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to apologize to everyone listening for that. <laughs> but like seriously, like even look at that cover. It just doesn't feel like Steve McNiven to me. It doesn't oh, yeah, have it doesn't. that whatever it is that he's normally got. It just it feels rougher. It feels I don't know. Yeah. Meh. So hey, can, can, I, can, I, like I, to, can I step away now or? Yep. Right. It's fine. I'd like to play the type, but deservedly so. If anybody out there was reading Scalped in Issues uh, and you read Scalp 36, I mean, I, I wasn't around for the last show when Scalp 35 came out, which was a drop dead amazing issue. But Scalp 36, it took place like in like because Scalp 35 was about some other people that we didn't really know anything about. But Scalp 36 takes one of these little characters that's sort of been hanging around in the background in the stories. He's Shunka, who is Chief Red Crow's his enforcer, um, his enforcer, enforcer, like his tough guy. And it, it tells this story about him that just blew me away in terms of surprise. And and I didn't know what was going to happen. And I was riveted the entire time. And it was just more amazing characterization. And and another really good story from Jason Aaron. Well, there's a lot. Of, you don't get books like this all the, anymore, or, or often, where you have this wide ranging cast of characters, and he has an interesting story for every one of them, mm-hmm. and they all seem to get their little arc, explaining yeah. their interesting story. And like this, you know, this is we talked about this a little bit on uh, about on the Starman podcast that just came out last week about how you got all these different a- avenues to go down 
telling the story. And this is the one where you follow the hit, the big, strong, scary, tough guy and find out lots of interesting things about him that you might not have expected to find out. Yeah, I don't even want to blow it for people because I know there are people who read this in trades and stuff like that. And this is like literally two out of left field for me. to You, you won't see this coming. But you're going to get to page four of this issue. And you're going to go, oh, oh. And then, and then they tell you the story of why. And it's just like I bought every bit of it. I didn't feel like it was being sensationalistic. I thought, I thought it was really interesting. And it was uh, interweaving a couple of different sort of, I'll call them current political social problems, not problems, uh, difficulties for some people. And I really, like I got to the end and I really don't know what's going to happen. Like, because this is part one of two, and in part two, I'm really, I really want to read part two. I feel like what I'm saying. what's going to happen is lots of dudes are going to get hit. I feel like it's going to be more than hit. <laughs> I feel like there are going to be a lot of bullets and a lot of, like, if you remember what Dash did to the one guy, uh, to Diesel in the woods mm-hmm. a couple of issues, oh, it's going to be like that. But shot where, 45 bullets into his face? He, he shot that guy a lot and then reloaded and shot him some more. He may have reloaded again. I'm not sure. But this book also, is Also, Shunka is fun to say. Shunka. It's a lot of fun to say. It's like a, it's like a train sound effect. Shunka. Shunka. You got chunkered. Chunker. Chunker, 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 All right. Well, I uh, want to take a quick second and thank our sponsor, Audible, audible.com, for uh, sponsoring this episode of iFanboy. Uh, if you haven't heard, audible.com is the place for audiobooks. If you like to listen to things on your iPod or music listening device, you listen to podcasts, listening to audiobooks is a great way to pass the time on your commute or on a trip or something like that. You can download them to your iPod or any device. They, they all work. They've figured all the technical stuff out. It all works. Just download it and you're good. They've got over 60,000 titles across all genres, including science fiction, fantasy fiction, nonfiction. They've got something for everybody. And if you go to audiblepodcast.com slash ifanboy, you sign up, you get a free audiobook and a 14-day free trial. So there's no excuse not to try it. You can get a free book, check it out, try it out for, for two weeks. If you don't like it, cancel. It's fine. And while you're on there, we got a, uh, got a little bit of recommendation. A fiction book that I recently just finished reading, the actual book, uh, turns out that is already the audiobook is already up on Audible. It's uh, Juliet Naked, uh, which is written by Nick Hornby, the guy who wrote High Fidelity and About a Boy and stuff like that. Um, and Education. Yes, he wrote the screen. He wrote the screenplay for an education. Correct, um, the movie. Juliet Naked is narrated by Bill Irwin, Ben Miles, and Jennifer Wilsey. And I thought that was interesting because I, I need to listen to it because if that's actually Bill Irwin, that's the dude that's Mr. Noodle on Sesame Street, yeah. and uh, the dude that was in uh, uh, My Blue Heaven, My Blue Heaven, and Popeye. I love Bill Irwin. He's awesome. I've- so. I've listened to the, Nick Hornby's last novel yeah. uh, as an audio book, and they, I think they tend to do them in parts. Yeah. So that the, each and one of them will play one of those three main characters from that book. So yeah. and it works really well, actually. Yeah. So yeah, if you like music, if you like you know the kind of Nick Hornby stuff, it's it's right up. It's his typical Nick Hornby. It was really good. I liked it though. You could melt all this stuff. <laughs> how do you, wait. You don't get to decide when you go undercover. That's not how it works. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, when I say I'm with you, I mean. I'm with you. That movie's fantastic, and Ed Brubaker had never heard of it. So go, go to Audible, go to audiblepodcast.com slash ifanboy, and you can sign up today. Awesome. Green Lantern number 52. I found it interesting on the cover. It says, you know, the credit says Jeff Johns, Doug Monkey, and Christian Alame, but it doesn't list the three other inkers on the book. And, or, and I, noticed it this, yeah. I noticed it this time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this is, and this is a good quake. Good question of do you want the book out on time? Oh yeah, I, I'm fine. I, I I just like to make fun of it though. But I I get I, I know I, why I they're noticed, doing it. Yeah, there was definitely pages in here that I was like, this doesn't look like the stuff at the beginning. Yeah, stuff at the beginning was real good. Yeah, there's too much going on in this book. <laughs> oh, I I actually lost tra- the track of the story in this one. Like Sinestro 
got stabbed and then he came back Not at just the end. Stabbed, cut in half. Cut in half. Right. He was, the end, he was like, there standing in two pieces. Like that. But the big surprise at the end that he came back. Yeah. Because duh. <laughs> they weren't gonna they weren't gonna turn him into the White Lantern and kill him and then be like, Oh, I guess that was it. Yeah. So for me, like this didn't like when he came back at the end, I was like, I don't feel like I read a whole issue worth of story here. Yeah. Like it was just like like a, it was like a pause that didn't matter. Yep. If it's just to show you that he's really powerful, which I think was inferred by the fact that he had all the. the I didn't like this issue. Well, is he, what I'm saying. Yeah, and, well, and, and then earlier, before he got split in half, we get we find out the origin of the universe and the origin of all the colors and all these little gibas that represent the first beings that you know that represented yeah. you know red you know avarice or rage or fear or willpower and and it's basically it's a theory on life and the origin of life and life like universe and everything. Yeah, exactly. Which is kind of like it is getting almost like you know biblical. You know, like I got getting, I gave I gave well, almost. I mean that's been yeah. in the yeah. background the whole time but yeah. i i gave this one like three stars i was just like i don't i don't know what the point of reading that was i can't wait for this to be over well that's kind of the thing like what with blackest night going on this is a stall here yeah and yeah. and because of that it didn't really feel worth it there it is i didn't like green lantern again whoop there it is so again well i get i get shit for that because of scalp i love scalp this week didn't like green lantern amazing spider-man 626 did you I see really it did lot. you see it did you see it oh my god it was so good what? Michael Gatiss? Yes. Oh. Yes. Uh, yes. It was excellent. I really like this issue a lot. Five stars. Uh, yeah. I like not just the art, which was which was just amazing. I like the fact that it sort of resolved the roommate situation, which had been going on for a long time and it was getting kind of one note. Yep. Agreed. And now they've they brought resolution to it and now they can sort of move on from it. And that, I like that a lot. I, I think, as, in addition to the really funny bits in the middle with Spider-Man fighting these guys with no powers. Yeah. I think Fred Van Lente's really he's done some really good issues with this. And this was probably my favorite of the ones that he's done. Yep. It was fun. You know, it was just like it was so it was kind of it felt like an old comic book. A bunch of criminals that were sort of thugs and he lost his powers and just classic Spider-Man. It's just great. I mean, and, and it's, I feel bad because like as we're do, as we're prepping for the show, I'm like, oh, we're going to talk about Green Lantern again. We're going to talk about New Avengers again. We're going to talk about Amazing Spider-Man again. But every week it is great. And like they throw – and what's great is that I don't read the solicits, so I don't know who's coming. I didn't know Gatiss. Yeah. I didn't know Gatiss was on this. And I was like, nope. oh, Gatiss. And it was – oh, it was great. It was so good. This is a job for anonymous white guy. It was great. <laughs> yes. That was the Coloring was great in this issue too. Uh, was- really quickly, Power Girl number 10 was another great issue and you know, bittersweet now with the news that this creative team only has two more months on the book. But when this when this all comes out and gets together this is a book that everyone sh- should check out in a collected form hopefully they'll collect the whole run in one one go in this issue basically there's a, a few issues ago this kid photographed power girl changing from her civilian outfit to her costume so he's got the goods on her and so he, he in this issue he blackmails her into doing favors for him including one of them is going to the comic store with him on wednesday and uh, impressing everyone at the comic store and it was it's just a blend of action and fun and Great character stuff that this entire run's been known for, and amazing Amanda Connor work. When you read this book, you see why Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray decided to leave because I don't know how this book works without Amanda Connor's drawing it. And when they, when she said she had to leave, and they, they said we're leaving with you, was makes total sense because go out, go out on a high note. That's what I said. Yeah. yeah, do your twelve issue run, make yeah. it make it smart and good, the best you can do, and then and then move on. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sad, but I also understand and respect it. Yeah, uh, I found out something about Amanda Connor yesterday. She's going to be at WonderCon. She's going to be selling art, which she rarely does. Wow. wow. So, yes. yeah. At WonderCon? No, at, at, at our party. Oh. Yes. <laughs> so, you might want to look into your bank account. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Son of a... I think I convinced him to buy an iPad today, too, so that's not Oh, good. that's a waste I... of money. I hate both of you. That's anyway, not a waste of money. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, so. That's a different podcast. Speaking of waste of money... 
No, okay, that's oh, too much. Oh, no, that's, I'm oh, right there with wow. you. I'm right oh. there with you. I'm, when Captain America 604 came out today, and I thought this was some of the most lackluster art. Well, whatever. This week. <laughs> yeah, uh, came out. But the art really disappointed me on this one. And, Connor, you've talked about not liking Luke Ross and stuff before. I've given him the benefit of the doubt. I really enjoyed the stuff he did for Jonah Hex. But there were some panels in this one where I was like, that just doesn't even look good. That's does, like. No, I, I, I clarified it because he's done other work that I've liked. I don't think. He's he's specifically trying to draw like Epting here, and I don't yeah. like it. I don't think it works. I think it it hampers whatever whatever his style is. And it, and there's just some you know Josh and I were talking off the show earlier. There are just some horrible single panels in here that just the perspective is strange. The proportions are strange. Just and I've always had a problem with 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 his art here. He you know it ends up looking too stiff or too too stylized. I ironically though, I really like the story. I, th- I remember I- when we. The first issue of this arc, I didn't like, and Josh did, and now with each passing issue, I've liked the story arc more and more. Uh, you know, what's funny is that since the the, the tea bagger story came out, and everybody at Marvel distanced themselves, like, oh no, it didn't mean anything. I, I didn't really bother me at the time because I got it, but now that I'm reading the story, this is clearly about those people. Like, it's the story is clearly about right wing wackadoos. And that's sort of what it's talking about. But everybody distanced themselves about it. And I'm like, eh. And I don't know. I, I liked some of the moments with Sam. And I liked the moments with Bucky a, a lot. I like Crazy Cat. But just like that, the whole story of it, they, they got away from what it actually was, I think, a little bit. But the art really was what, what didn't work yeah, for me on this I'm getting, one. I, if this keeps up, I'm getting close to, uh, to dropping it. And it's short. Like I, I, the backup story, I don't. I don't want to read the backup story. So now I feel like I'm getting shortchanged. This, it, what's funny is that like I, I've never been a big Captain America fan like you guys were, and you guys like you know you got to read it, you got to read it. I went back and read it, and all the Winter Soldier stuff was amazing. And yes, and I feel like I've just been reading it because of the previous books being good. And like this is what I don't like about Captain America. So like I'm I'm on the I'm on the edge. You're not getting shortchanged. It's the same number of pages in the main story. There's there's extra yeah. pages. It's a forty really? issue. Well, it's a three yeah. nine, it's a three nine nine book though. It's yeah. a forty. It like it's a forty class. page book instead of a thirty two page book. It's the same amount of right. story. Fair enough. Right. I don't even mean money wise. I just feel like that the main story feels short to me. But maybe I'm just making that up in my head. That's possible. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Hell, Hellblazer two sixty five. This was just a, an, another amazing issue. Simon Beasley on art. I really dug this. Has been one of my favorite in a while. I know I say that about a lot of these Hellblazers, but. Basically, like John and, and goes to this like little flat where the where all these punks left over from the seventies have held up, and they're worshiping a shrine of Sid Vicious that they think is alive. And it was just really an interesting take on what happens to these sort of punk people after you know after it's all over for them. You know, like is he sympathetic or is he awesome for hanging on? And it turns out that the villain in it is the conservative political party. <laughs> nice, just like outright. There's no there's no hiding. Who the writer wants to be the bad guy in this? Who wrote it again? Pete Milligan. Oh, there you go. Pete Milligan. Yeah, he's he's been great. I mean, yeah. it's been a wonderful run, so I, I can't complain. Great. So those are the books that came out this week that we uh, thought were interesting. But you read a whole bunch of more books and went to ifanboy.com slash comics and did your pull list and wrote some reviews after you read them. And we want to uh, share in your opinions. So the first one comes from Pisces Paul, who reviewed Justice League, The Rise of Arsenal, number one, uh, written by J.T. Cruel, who we spoke to on iFanboy Don't Miss earlier uh, last week. And he, uh, Pisces Paul gave this, the comic a, the story a 5 out of 5 and the art a 3 out of 5. And at the time of this recording, 0.8% of you made it your pick of the week. And Pisces Paul has to say that the art was serviceable in this issue, nothing spectacular but nothing horrible. I did, however, like the multi-part silent panel that showed Roy breaking the window and his reaction to it. For me, the writing in the story was the whole thing in this issue. As a professional in the field of addiction and mental health, I applaud J.T. Cruel for respectfully showing the effects of these events on Roy in a realistic and heartfelt manner. 
Yep. This issue was all about the breakdown yep. when he when Roy learns his daughter's dead and he, you know, goes through the whole emotional ringer to the point of getting, going back on the drugs by the end of the issue. Yeah. He's back on. To, is he back on the junk? He's back on. The, he's cha- chasing the dragon. China White. Yeah. yeah. Um, Something to dull the pain. Well, he's on pills. Yeah. Which, I know. which, which is just the know. first step. It's the first step. Yeah. It starts though. It's a gateway. Yeah. I agree. I thought the story was really good. I thought the art didn't match the story. Yeah. I th- I th- the art, it was a very straight up superhero kind of artist. Um, who was the artist on it? Um, Geraldo Borges. Uh, Borges. I thought uh, I thought it should have been like a darker, a darker, more realistic, uh, photorealistic, a more, more Gatos kind of person. Yeah, yeah, I think Gatos might have been a bit too far, but somewhere in between. It was really heartfelt, though. He really just he just yep. spirals it down out of control once he once he finds out, and and then he spends half the issue trying to not do drugs, and finally just breaking down to, to, to dull the pain. So I know the feeling, Roy. I'm right there with you. <laughs> Jocom reviewed. Orc stain number two. We give a story of five out of five. The art of five out of five. And at the time of recording, seven point four percent of the fan base made this a pick of the week. And Jocom says. The art is lush and colorful, which is really nice. My only complaint, if any, is just the amount of screen time pointy faces Wang gets. Granted, it is funny that what they do with it. So this issue is a solid buy if you were on the fence about it. Plus, it is 32 pages for just 3 bucks. I can see a good thing coming with this and can't wait to see more. Orc Stain is... Have you guys seen the Orc Stain? No. heard about it. It's, uh, Image Comics is putting out uh, James Stokoe is the creator and it, it's like it's weird it's indie it's a straight up indie comic book I mean like it, it, this could be if I told you this was published by Top Shelf or, you know or Drawn Quarterly or one of those ones you'd, it, would, it would make sense but the art is just wonderful the art is so beautiful and it's wacky and it's crazy and it's just like it's just a, so much fun to read I was surprised 7% people made it their pick of the that's, week uh, that's yeah. a lot yeah I don't know if they, I don't some know if, stuff in the ballot box well yeah but that, I mean but the thing was issue 1 had like 3% the really? week it came out, yeah, no, I mean it's a, orc stain is the kind of thing, and and like it's and it, it, I mean it's weird, and it's following this orc who's trying, you know, like it's it's just a weird book, but this, it's fun. This is the guy who did multiple warheads for Oni, or did uh, he do wonton soup? No, that's not one. Oh, I don't know. Wait, okay, so it's multiple warheads. That guy, Connor, remember that from Oni, that weird sort of semi-sexual sort of thing? Yes. Yeah, I same guy. Yes, he did. Great artist. Yeah, he's just. I mean, the the art is just really, really good. It's one of those things where I I got it and I was like, I was like, orc stain, whatever, you know. But then I looked at it and I was like, oh, this is good. Like, this Mm -hmm. is really good. Well, that might be one of those sleeper books people pick up later on when they hear a lot about it. Yeah, he did. um, I'm looking at his. No, he did wonton soup. Okay. Yeah, he was right. Wonton soup. Yeah. So, and he's been in a bunch of uh, anthologies like Twenty Four Seven and Pop Gun and stuff like that. But Wonton Soup was his last big book. Yep. Okay. He didn't do uh, multiple warheads though. He did. That's Brandon somebody. Oh, is that Brandon Graham? Yes. Uh, He's doing King City now, which is also awesome. Yes. 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 Yeah. 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 Okay. I see. I can see. Yeah. I see that. All right. Now we've now we've straightened that out. Yes. Thank God. All the indie artists and their writers. Thank thank God. Thank God that everybody had to listen to that five minutes of torture. We've solved indie comics. Yes. This got comic book service. They've got monthly specials with seventy five percent off, forty percent off all of the major publishers with flat rate shipping of of five ninety five for all U S orders. You can buy anything that's listed in previews. They've got over nine thousand trade paperbacks in stock. You can track your orders online, and it's all available at dcbservice.com. And if you are going to be in the Fort Wayne, Indiana area on May 22nd, come to the Summit City Comic Con. You can find out all the information at www.summitcitycomiccon.com. It is the con that is in the Midwest that not many people get to go to cons in that area because there aren't a lot of conventions. So if you're in that area, you're in driving distance. Head over to Fort Wayne, Indiana on May 22nd. Great one-day show. Mike Norton, Jim Rugg, a bunch of other awesome artists are going to be there. It's worth going to. Yep. Yay. Normally, at this point of the show, we do our emails, but not this week. We had, oh, no. a, we had an oh, idea. Oh, no. Yeah. No, no, no. 
Last week we told you we wanted more and better voicemails, and we people have been dropping off. We we used to get a lot of good voicemails, and it was getting harder and harder to pick for the show. So we we put out a call for good voicemails, and we was, we were going to reward the best one with a prize, and that was a mistake. No, it was, no, no. Honestly, we were overwhelmed this week with the amount of response we got from you. We had well over seventy voicemails in the week, which is just insane. Normally, and and and, yeah. and other than the fifty of them from the one guy. Yeah. <laughs> no. um, now, admittedly, we should have we should have prefaced that you only have to call in once to enter. Several of you took it upon yourselves to call in twice, three times. 19 times. No. Not, not, not necessarily the best tactic. Yeah, not the best tactic. But we definitely heard from a lot of you, which we've never heard from before. Which a lot of new, awesome. new names, which was good. Yeah. yeah, which is really cool. So what we've done is we've whittled it down to what we see as the top five voicemails. And then we will announce the winner. Sh- shall we just dive right in? We'll go in descending order. Yeah, number, so five. number five is a voicemail that I have to say I'm sorry. Hey, this is Brian Bear. Uh, I saw you guys at Emerald City but didn't uh, really get a chance to say hi. That's probably for the best because last year Ron hit on my girlfriend, and it was kind of weird. Um, well, I couldn't help but notice that Connor is a very intimidating man, and my question was, is anybody else scared of Connor? Like any creators you meet or fans, because that's it's weird for me. Okay, bye. Listen, I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 now, listen, I don't recall hitting on your girlfriend. I don't think I hit. I don't think I hit on he's anybody. Not, he's not denying it. It's entirely possible. It's possible. Well, as Connor, as you said before the show, hey, we're friendly. We're friendly guys, you know. Like it's, you know. But I'm sorry. I have no disrespect. I'm sorry. <laughs> if anything, it reflects good on you. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. Yeah. Well, good on you, man. She was. I mean, she must have been a cutie. So um, there you go. <laughs> Just get out now. Go to the next one. His question also, is: uh, do, do do other people find Connor intimidating? Yes, we're we're intimidated by him. <laughs> You're not alone. It has nothing to do with his physical appearance. <laughs> it's his demeanor. Dude can dig his heels into his sand like you've never heard. All you gotta do is go back and watch the early iFanboy video shows and watch his, <laughs> watch his, watch his cold, deadly stare into the camera when he's not talking. It's just <laughs> Dude, you're intimidating. That's yeah, a, well, what do you do? It's all right. I'm an asshole. I hit on girls and you're intimidating. Well, you hit on girls too, so it's not my, I'm not the only one. I had girlfriends though. Well, I didn't, how am I supposed to know? Did she have a sign? There was no ring. What if there was? I can't be held responsible, all right? That's all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Little Ron calls the shots. What? (laughs) (laughs) I'm at the con. We're walking around. I'm tired. It's like we're on vacation. Things happen. Exactly. Things happen. We can't be held responsible. (laughs) Jeez. All right. So, um. We have to move to number four now. (laughs) Number four has got a, a twist on a question. Hey guys, my name is Daniel from Arkansas. I'm a self-titled on the site, and here's my question. Most of my friends who read comics only read non-superhero indie books, which I love too. But when I try to convince them there's a lot of great work being done in superhero comics as well, they don't buy it. So my question is, what do you think are some good books to give indie comic fans to show them that superhero stories can be interesting and meaningful too? Alright, I uh, love the show, keep up the great work, and I'll talk to you guys later. Alright, bye. That is a good question. It may right? help to know what a, kind of indie books they like. Well, you're right, true. But I, I just, I normally it's the other way around. Like all my friends yeah. with superhero books, how do I get them into indie books? <laughs> it's true. We never but, this one. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, one of the probably the best places to start would be there's a lot. You know, a lot of these indie guys end up doing a couple of stories here and there. So if you figure out what kind of guys, what kind of stuff they like, you know, for Marvel, there's stuff Ooh. like Strange Tales and Sh- things like that. Strange Tales or DC's Bizarro comics. That's a good way. I mean, that's a uh, good entry point. Yeah. But if it's really a question of sort of like a straight up sort of like just what's really good that can like like 
that would surprise people who don't read superhero comics. There's there's an endless plethora of them, really. I mean, the first thing that came to mind for me was like Gotham Central, just because it it's just anti everything that people think about sort of mainstream superhero comics. Well, and I, and, it's not really a superhero comic though, really. It's not. It's a crime book. And I was just it's it's a, a, but it's like I, a, it's like a gateway book though. I mean, it's Batman is what it is. Right. Well, he's not in, in it though. It's well, he's in cop. it. Yes, he's, he's in he's, it. But he's not. He's 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 in like one. Panel no, but there page. but there are Batman villains and stuff. I think yeah. that's fair. And then I was gonna say I was gonna say powers. Because it's it's yeah. you know because there are you know because it's still a crime book. I mean, like it, basically, what you want to do is you want to find the books that are in the superhero world but are straddling the line with other genres. Because what yeah. happens with something like Gotham Central is you kind of read it, and if if you like it, you kind of go, "All right, that was kind of cool." And so from there, like you have no other choice but to read Batman comics. Right. In that same way, something like All Star Superman, I think, uh, would blow people away in sort of just its quality. Another thing, I'm just going for DC books here, but that's, I don't know why. You're just, looking, uh, you're just looking on your shelf. That's all you're doing. I'm not. It's mine. You are. You are. Starman. Starman. Yeah. Star. Alias. Alias is a good one. Yeah. That yeah. is a good one. Well, that's another, that's another crossing a genre. It's, it's you know, yeah. it's, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a, su- a straight up superhero book, though, that could appeal to an indie fan. Like Star- Secret in Wars sa- 2. Yeah. In the same way that Starman, <laughs> in the same way that Starman d- does. Um, Astro City. Uh, yep. I was going to say Astro City. Yeah. Astro City is just so flipping good yep. that there's, you can't deny it. That first 12 issues or whatever, I think that that's a really good one, too. Yep. Sort of the best of what we have. And the old standby? Invincible. Good call. Yeah. Good call. <laughs> is, that, is that mainstream? Does that count? Sure. Yeah, it's a superhero right. book. Superhero book. Their costumes is very bright, but I think, I, think it's, I think it's different than what they would expect from Spider-Man or anything like, you know, or anything like that. Ultimate Spider-Man, really. If they like, like relationship books, I don't think you'd go wrong with that. Yeah. There's some, there's some options for you. Sure. Good luck with that. Danny. So, all right, uh, our next, our number three uh, on our countdown of the top five voicemails we got this week uh, has got a good question about characters. Hi, hi, fanboy. This is Kevin from New Hampshire, a bird's ease view on the site. There's an exclusive club amongst comic creators. Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Hulk to an extent, Wolverine maybe to an extent. These are the characters that are firmly rooted in the public lexicon. Everyone is at least a little familiar with them and can relate to these characters. Which character or characters would you all like to see in this grouping? Any publisher, any genre, who would you like everyone to know something about? Thanks. If you think about it, really, Iron Man was the last character to make that leap. Yeah, that's a good point. almost total obscurity to everyone knows who he is in the, you know, in the world. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to Elektra and Ghost Rider, who did not. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good point. That's a very, and very Cat good point. Woman. Yeah. Well, everyone knew Catwoman was before, but... Uh, but who should... That's a good question. Knows. It's a really good question, and I probably should have thought about this more before we came back. I'd say The Flash. There was a TV show on the network. Uh, honestly, Green Lantern, too. I mean, that's, that's going to happen. That's gonna you're going to have a bunch. You have Green Lantern, I think, if, if the rumors are correct, but the Avengers team, you're going to have people like Hawkeye and, and uh, people show uh, up. But, we can't deal with the public lexicon liking, liking is, Hawkeye. Uh. But this is, uh, I mean, <laughs> that's really just like saying what movies are going to make people oh. famous. But the question being like, right. so who, what are these characters that are so good right now in sort of mainstream comics that, Got it. that, that should be popular? Got I'm, it. I don't, who? Nova. <laughs> Next. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say the one who just keeps occurring to me now, and I'm not really sure why, Luke Cage. Yeah, I can see that. I really like Luke Cage. Yeah. And, and he's kind of interesting uh, because he, he doesn't really wear a costume anymore, and he's, I don't know. He just, he's just doing the right thing. Yeah. That's what I like about Luke Cage. He does the right thing. 
He has unbreakable skin. Yeah, exactly. That's a good one. Luke Cage is a really, really good one, actually. Um, yeah, because it's funny because like DC, there a lot. There was a couple of voicemails in there that was asking about like the difference between Marvel and DC, and you know and the, we did a show on that. I know we did a show on that, but I was to say, but the, when I think of DC, I think of very you know kind of iconic, very colorful, and you think about what's going on Smallville and Doctor Fate and Hawkman and things like that. Like these are these kind of things, but Marvel there's a little more I think like relatability to it, and Luke Cage definitely falls under that Spider-Man kind of you know you could you know that you could know that guy you know mm-hmm. so uh, Rocket Raccoon, nice Groot. Yeah, Groot. <laughs> All right, number four has got a question about a controversial topic in comics. Number two. Number two has got a question about a controversial <laughs> topic in comics. Hey, I fanboys. This is Ron from Detroit, Michigan, calling. Uh, my question has to do with the future of comics. Uh, with the iPad coming out and how supposedly there's going to be uh, comics in the ebook or iBook store. What does that mean for the future of comics? Let's throw a hypothetical out there. Say any issue of a comic you could want would be available day and date, same day as the issue would arrive in your LCS. What does that do for you? Do you go completely digital? Do you buy some of your issues in physical format, some downloadable? I would do that in my case. Uh, Yeah, and what does that mean for the future of the industry now that we almost have a viable comic e-reader all right uh thanks a lot guys keep up the good work love the show bye we'll give our quick answers and we'll get into it deeply i would definitely buy all of my single issues digitally and then i would buy collections of stuff i really liked in paper form that's always been my my dream my goal for the comic industry what connor said what connor said really Yeah, totally. I mean, like, I, thought, I thought you would be a holdout for some issues. You keep I, 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 would st- I would still buy issues. Don't get me wrong. Like, I don't want issues to completely go away, and that, I would still buy them. But that's but, not what Connor said. No, I know. But at the end of the day, let, let, let's call a spade a spade. In the reality, you know, space is limited and things like that. And I, and and like I, I'm the I'm the guy who said I will always buy CDs, and I'm not buying CDs anymore. It's true. Yeah, yeah like I, I think in the in the long run, what Connor said is what will will remain to be true, and I'll be fine with it. It's funny because you talk to anybody that's ever moved. Yes, who's a lot of comics, yeah. and they get in, they get in that digital bandwagon real quick. Yep, oh, because yeah. those unless, those things unless, are heavy and wieldy. Unless they're sick. No, that's not true. It's funny. This is the kind of thing that you find on iFanboy.com quite frequently. Yes, say. yeah, lots of discussion. Uh, we talked about, a lot we talked of regularity about too. Yeah. Also. Well, we kind of work with a digital comic company. I was just gonna say, I, I, I really wish one of us was vehemently against digital comics. Like, <laughs> we've, always, like we've always been for them, and we always have. We, we've always been for them for years. Like, if one it. of us was irrationally against them, and just be like, it's never gonna work. Oh, check out graphically. <laughs> no, no, we've always been pro. We've, we've always been pro it because because it's the. I mean, it's the nature of the beast. It's it's what happened to music. What happened to movies and TV is now happening to comics. And and it, this is you know in twenty years we will laugh about this conversation. I so. think though that we are a ways away from day and date. Oh yes, oh, we're yeah. far because oh, yeah. the publishers are going to hold on to that like grim death because their profit margins are not that big. And so I think that they're very worried and somewhat justifiably so. That losing the the revenue from those issues is going to severely impact the bottom line, and so they're being very protective about it. However, I think that you are going to see some of the publishers who have a little more flexibility. You're, they're going to start going towards that, and when it starts working for them, provided that the consumers follow, uh, then then I think you're going to see more of a move to that. Just the same way you did with with music and with with movies. Well, movies are getting there, but. It'll be fairly just, interesting. It, it, it is the reality. And people, there's lots of people who are very anti it. I understand there's people that cling on to the ways things always have been. And I'm not, I, 
against paper. I like having books. I li- that's why I'm going to buy the collection editions. I don't want to read a trade paperback on an iPad. I want to read a single 22-page comic but on an iPad. That said, I would gladly take a digital comic, a digital reader like a Kindle or an iPad or something like that on the plane with a trade on it. I'm gladly, thrilled. Gladly. Yeah. Yep. Only I can tell you this. One of us has pre-ordered an iPad, but which one is it? Anyway, all right, so, dun, dun, dun. so our final voicemail and the winner of the contest for the best voicemail question uh, comes in with a great question about the nature of comic book stories. Hey, guys, this is Dave from Massachusetts with a pretty interesting question, I, I hope. Um, I was thinking about 2009. A lot of my favorite comics were the three-issue arcs, like Grant Morrison and Frank Quitely's first uh, arc on Batman and Robin and Jonathan Hickman's first run on uh, Fantastic Four. Both those stories were awesome, had great artwork, told the story in three issues, and really did a good job of just being simple comic stories. And a lot of comics last year were three issues and pretty good. And it seems like this year, with Siege and the continuation of Batman and Robin, the shorter arc is becoming more in vogue. And could that be a good thing? I mean, certainly not everything can be three issues or four issues, just like how now everything can't be six issues. It all depends on the story, but for certain artists like Frank Quitely and some other guys we don't get to see as often as we like, is the three-issue story arc, the shorter story arc, a cool way to get to see them uh, more often, or just more in general? Um, thank you guys very much. Well, he had a very high opinion of his own, own question. <laughs> Luckily, he was correct. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, he was right. You are the winner. You had the best vo- voicemail of the week, Dave. Yes, congratulations. So what do we think? I thought that was really interesting in that he's got, he does have a good point that we have an expect. like I know I have an expectation. I want the long run. I want the, you know, the, the 24, 36, 48 issue run by a writer and artist together, and it's never going to happen again. And is is the is the the solution little three four issue arcs like we've seen with like Siege and and with Batman and Robin and things like that? Is that the new way to handle it? I don't want one of all things. I don't want it that to be the only way. I don't want six eight ten story arcs to be the only way. I want a mix of those as it is appropriate to the story. One of the things that's great about comics is that you can tell all different kinds of stories, and all different kinds of stories have different requirements for what it is. However. I think that lately we have been trained, and and Ron is alluding to that, in the last 10 years or so, to expect these six, eight-issue runs or or arcs. And so when you get in and out of something in three issues and it feels satisfying, it's really nice. And you go, oh, and I didn't have to wait half a year for that. All these these Spider-Man stories, while they're weaving in the larger year-long story, have been like – they've been like – one, two, three, four issue little mini arcs, you know, which are yeah. which are great, which are which are a ton of fun. And you're right. I think I think the past ten years we have been uh, beaten into submission with the issues driving the trade format and and having it be like a six to eight issue arc because that fills out a trade. And well, I the misconception that, is you have to have that six issue yeah. arc for a trade. You can have a two or three arc issue arcs in one trade. You totally. can have four. You can have four two issue arcs in a single comic. I mean, I've got a. You know, a Grant Morrison JLA trade here that's got a two-part story, it's got a four-part story, it's got a distinct one-shot in it. I mean, you can, as long as you've got six or eight issues, you can make a trade. You don't have to have it be one story. That's that's the problem that's been driving this. Yep. Go out and get We Three. You're going to find oh, yeah, great example. trade. Perfect. Yep, perfect. Um, you know, and because that's what fit that story. Thank God he didn't stretch that into six issues. Oh. It would have been stupid. Yeah. Uh, you know, but at the same time, like, it, it is it is incredibly refreshing to get to Jonathan Hickman's, you know, Fantastic Four and, and, and just get a taste of something. And it isn't a fill it isn't a fill in issue by some other guy so that they can make up time. Right. It's part of the real thing. It's just like, but this week it's kind of short. 
Uh, and I think Siege is a great example. I'm love. It's gonna be four oh. issues. It's gonna be great. It's a breath of fresh air. It's awesome. Cool. I think I just it requires a mix. Yep, it you know? does. So congratulations, Dave. That voicemail won you this fabulous prize pack containing three quite expensive hardcovers. Uh, you're going to be getting mailed to you after we email you and get your information. A copy of Hellblazer Pandemonium, the har- the new hardcover with Art Jock. Jock and Jamie Delano wrote it, and very good. Uh, hardcover edition of Elephant Men. Which is uh, Richard Starking's uh, series and image. Very cool. A lot of Moritad art in there and, and Ladron and stuff like that. Very, it's a beautiful hardcover, to be honest with you. It's thick. And finally, <laughs> the, the hardcover of Final Crisis Legion of Three Worlds by Jeff Johns and George Perez. That's a pretty good haul, I gotta say. Look at you. Winning Look at the, you. Winning Dave, the hardcover. You're high opinion of yourself and you're now oh. you got a prize back. Yeah, not non member. How long are the arcs in those books? Uh, Legion of Three Worlds was what three four issues wasn't it? Yeah. Hell, Elephant yeah. Men is like it's like it's a thick book. It's like thirty arcs. I don't know. And Hellblazer is just an OGN. So there you go. Yes, it is. Very apropos, Dave, that you would win the, that this prize pack. We're gonna email you. We'll get your information. We'll mail it to you. But don't stop calling the voicemails. Call one eight 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 fanboys. That's one eight eight three two six two six nine seven. Leave your name, where you're from. We say leave it to thirty seconds. A lot of a lot of you have a hard time with that. So thirty seconds to forty five seconds is good. A good time. You can stop calling for the content. The contest is over. But call with, <laughs> but good, but call with calling, questions. Yeah. We loved hearing from all of you. It was fantastic. We like good questions. Yeah. The point of this and what won the contest was a compelling question that we can uh, talk about for three to four minutes. That's basically all we're looking for. We're looking for content here, people. That's all we, and we want you to be part of the show. And exactly. So you shouldn't, you should, all these people that called in who never called before, you should, you should keep calling. We're yeah. going to put. Somehow, some way, you'll probably get on the show or this sh- or the video show, which you do sometimes with the voicemails. But you'll get on there and and get on the show. That's next the way to get ne- next week, I'm on such a voicemail kick. Next week's show, video show, is a voicemail show. So there you go. So you, you, oh my god, you broke format. I, I did. Uh, <laughs> I broke the script. Uh, but no, Connor. Bye bye. Oh that's, wait, sorry. That's a good example. That's a good example of calling in the voicemail and writing into the email is a great way to participate with the show. We love hearing from you. So please keep doing it. So. We don't want to think of ideas. <laughs> we're very, very tired. We're very busy. I have a new baby. Uh, Connor's out intimidating people all day. It's very uh, tiring to, you to be scary. <laughs> you try to sit there silently and not blink. I have to make my neck veins pop out, and it's it's a lot of <laughs> tensing. By the end of the day, I am just I'm just beat, and he likes to relax in a hot bath with a cup of tea. Plus, Ron's out there hitting on everybody's girlfriend. I just can't be stopped. <laughs> hey, how long have you two been together? Oh yeah, you're cute. You happy? Are you happy? <laughs> <laughs> Him? Really? Really? <laughs> oh, I wish I knew what what I said. Oh man, <laughs> I don't think you do. Yeah. I wish it was like a bad pickup line. Oh man, was Something it at like- the con or was it at like at a bar? Oh man, I'm so embarrassed. Because <laughs> you struck out. Or did I? No. <laughs> all right. You can melt all this. I, stuff. You can melt. You should melt. <laughs> Imagine like the voicemail just had, was slightly was like, yeah, you stole my girlfriend, and we broke up year, because of it. And Comic <laughs> Con, she left with you. Oh, poor Gary. She Bye. gave me something. Brian. I got an itching sensation now. <laughs> all right, let's roll on. Yes, there's all sorts of ways that if you like the stuff that is going on here and the free entertainment that you get, you can do some things to help. You can click on the banners that support us. You can check the you know the the people who sponsor the show. Make sure that you check out those businesses and and. Fly their wares. That's not the right term. Uh, if you want to buy stuff from Amazon, anything, you go to ifmbo.com slash Amazon and you click the, the Powered by Amazon button right there. It'll take you to the main site. And anything you buy there can help out the site and uh, throw a little cash our way, which is something you are going to go there anyway. 
and buy those exercise videos that you were just going to tuck away and never to be used again. Or you can check out the iFanboy shirts. There is the Fear Agent shirt. Which uh, just, just got shipped from the printers. I got the notification today saying it's in the yes. mail. So they'll be coming in and then going out to you. That is the only Fear Agent shirt that there be. Rick Remender is down with it. Art by Jerome Pena. Good looking shirt. That's what I'm saying. And then there's the, are there any battle bugs left? Are we? There's a it, relative it, handful. I don't know. Is it? It's very limited edition. Is what I'm saying. It's rare. Yes, uh, you yes. might want to check and see if there's any Battle Pug shirts left for you. Finally, you can become a member. We've told you about this before, and uh, it still is the main way that, that we keep things going at this site. So we need the members now uh, as much or more than we ever did. So you can go there. It's just a, a good way, easy way to support the site, prove that, that it means a lot to you, and, and help out. You can do that for $4 a month or $42 a year or $10 a month or $100 a year. And if you do that, then A, you'll be eligible for – uh, many giveaways, and and believe me when I tell you, there's more coming up. Somebody next month is going to get. Yeah, is, uh, April back a- April's going to be a good month for the giveaways. Yeah. So become a member. Uh, yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and also, you'll get a prize pack. Uh, and if you're at the higher level, you get a T-shirt. Yeah. So there, take that. So ifanbo.com/store, you can get all that stuff. All cool. pre-worn T-shirts. Next weekend is WonderCon. This weekend is one. This weekend. Oh no! It's next weekend. Next weekend. Is oh WonderCon. Jesus Christ! I thought it was this weekend. Thank God. We, am I there right now? No, no. You're right. <laughs> next weekend is WonderCon. So if you're going to be in San Francisco for WonderCon, we've got four things to tell you about. First, the all ages events. There will be two panels that we will be making appearances on. The first is Comics Podcasting. That's on Saturday, April third, from twelve thirty to one thirty at Room Two Twenty, and that's me and Ron and some other podcasters talking about Podcast. podcasting. So come on by. That's always a good show. And then at 6 o'clock on that same day in room 232, 234 is a comics journalism panel that Ron will be on. I'll be taking a break at that point with my feet up. Uh, Ron will be talking comics journalism and the future of it at online versus print and the new media and all that wonderful stuff. With some, and, and with some other great folks from some other sites like CBR and uh, – io9, fourth and, letter, yep. CBR, all that stuff like that. Yeah. So come on and come and join me at Hecklin' Ron. Yeah, that'll be fun. It's always a good time. And now if you're an adult, if you're into the 21 and over things – Friday, April 2nd, there is the world-famous Tiki Tour, which has happened the last three years in a row, and it is a tour of all of the Tiki bars in San Francisco or until you drop. And it's, and it's, and it's crazy this year because not only is it the Tiki Tour, but it's the Tiki Tour with pirates. It's a pirate-themed Tiki Tour with special guest Dave Johnson, who you know does all those fantastic covers on a lot of the books. And do we have to dress up as pirates? Uh, it's, it's strongly recommended to come in costume. There will be people from the Northern California Pirates Association on hand, as well as uh, local derby girls who are going to be dressed up like pirates. So it's going to be fucking crazy. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> you, do you have pirate wear? I don't. I haven't figured out what I'm going to do yet. I don't know. All right. Um, all right. Well, just word, we'll, word of warning if you're planning on attending San Francisco, if you're coming to San Francisco, if you're coming to Wonder if you're planning on attending the, the Tiki Tour and planning on going in costume as a pirate, that if you opt for the eye patch, there are lots of hills in San Francisco and walking <laughs> with an eye patch for an extended period of time if you have two eyes is very hard. I've tried. Also, don't bring your girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Ron will be drinking. Hey, you, you can follow the uh, the Tiki Tour on Twitter. Want to walk the plank? <laughs> Twitter.com slash Tiki Tour. That's where we'll be giving updates on where we are the tour. So if you join in late, you'll, that's how you can find us. So Twitter.com slash Tiki Tour. And finally, Saturday night, the big party at Ice Top Comics we have every year. And this year, it is a Jonah Hex theme party with special guests Jimmy Palmiotti, Amanda Connor, and Darwin Cook. Celebrating Jonah Hex, the comic, the movie coming up, the double coolest. use out of that eye patch. 
Yeah. Yeah. So uh, come by Isotope Comics. That's Saturday at 7 p.m. at Isotope. You and can find all the details about that on fanboy.com. That party is going to be the place to be at WonderCon Saturday night. Not only will Darwin, Jimmy, and Amanda be there, but lots of other comics pros and other types will be there. You never know who's going to pop up. So uh, definitely, if you're going to WonderCon, we'd love to see you. If you see us on the floor at the show, please come say hi. I won't hit on your girlfriend, I promise. Um, <laughs> And you know, and, and it's it's one of our favorite shows of the year. So me and Connor, I know we're really looking forward to it. And we hope to see so, you all there. iFanboy.com at the very top is a red post with iFanboy WonderCon says. So check it out there. You can find all the details, times, and dates, and places, and all that stuff. It's so gonna be crazy. Out. And for those of you planning your cons things, you might know that April is crazy with WonderCon, Boston, C two E two, Stumptown. There's a ton of cons in April. We are gonna be at WonderCon. We're gonna be at C two E two. Those are the only two shows we're doing in April. So if you want to come see us, those are the two to see us at. So Ooh. yes. I think that's enough. That is enough. That is enough. Uh, You know what? And I'm so mad because I really want to go to Stumptown as like an indie show, and it's always the week after a major big con that we go cover, and I just can't do. Like I can't. I can't get off work. I can't afford it. I can't. I always do something. Yeah, I can't do. I can't have it. I can't have it. I can't have it. What I can have is iFanboy Don't Miss, our other podcast that comes out every Monday. Are you subscribed to it? Are you listening to it? If not, why not? Go to iTunes, search for iFanboy, subscribe to Don't Miss. It's a 15-minute podcast every Monday with one creator talking about a book coming out that week. If you're into comics, if you're going to the stores on Wednesday, this is definitely one you need to listen to. Last week, I talked to JT Cruel about uh, the about Red Arrow, what was it, the Arsenal The Rise book? of Arsenal. The Rise of Arsenal. This yep. week, Josh talked to Stuart Moore about the Cloak and Dagger one-shot that's coming out uh, this week. So that That's be- true. Yep, so uh, definitely listen to that podcast. It's pretty good. I think so myself. Um, and you can find that podcast at ifanboy.com, which is where you can find my pick of the week review as well as the book of the month. We we're going to have a new one uh, uh, next week or the week after. Uh, week, after yeah. week after WonderCon. Week after WonderCon. You don't know what day it is, do you? No, I have no idea. I don't even know. Where am I? Um, <laughs> you just have a baby? <laughs> yes. But so, Earth. yeah, so ifanboy.com, there's a ton of great content. We've really been stepping up the uh, written content on ifanboy with all the writers and Josh and Connor and Paul and Mike and Jimski have all been kicking ass on it. So go read all the stuff at ifanboy.com. Great discussion there. A lot of great, cool people there. You go to ifanboy.com slash about and go to all of our social network links. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash ifanboy. Follow all of us individually as well. You can get those links at ifanboy.com slash about we also do a video show that comes out every wednesday last week was our first con show of the year emerald city comic-con with a special appearance by thomas jane and um <laughs> I, I thought the show came out great i was very happy with how the show came out i mean josh connor we all did i think we did a great job yes. on that show yes. so good yes. job so yeah that was last week but this week like i mentioned previously we're so into the voicemails it's an all voicemail show next wednesday so uh be sure you check that out if you were listening this whole time and you thought God, I wish I knew how to participate. All those people calling in. What, how do I do that? Well, you could call the voicemail line. That's 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. They already explained about how long you should be talking on that, what you should do. Make it good, people. You can see there's people out there thinking, doing good. Or if you, if you don't want to talk, that's fine. You could write it to contact at ifanboy.com. And that's also a good way to get involved or let us know what you've been thinking. Cool. And, and finally... If you like this show or Don't Miss Show or any of the shows we do, please go to iTunes and write a review. That's how people find the show. It helps to spread awareness on the internet. So the more reviews, the more, the more likely people are to find it. So please, please, please go write a review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Even better than that is to tell your friends, your comic book loving friends, your comic book reading friends, people that only read indie comics, people that only read superhero comics. Tell them all. We welcome everyone. We're a big tent podcast. We are. As a, introduce your mom to comics and podcasting. We're we're very mom friendly. Moms love us. We met moms in Seattle. There were moms there in Seattle. So yes, um, yeah. we did. Connor, Ron tried to pick one up. 
Just for a second, I thought you were going to read that last bit like Jeff Goldblum, which would have been awesome. <laughs> your si- your uh, sister is so pretty. Wow. No, yeah. Is this your younger sister? Uh, yeah, yeah, there's no, no, you're not his mother. No. You, you, you brought your younger sister to the con. Wow. <laughs> you belong here amongst the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> At cons, Ron, uh, Ron walks around in the cape with a mustache. <laughs> Like, you well, true, hello. You truly hello. belong here amongst the long boxes. <laughs> what is your name? <laughs> it never works, too, which is weird. <laughs> it's crazy. Think, it's amazing. I haven't got late years. Work. Yeah, yeah. I am guessing that if you walked work. around like Lando long enough at a convention, like in San Diego, there's no way you wouldn't score eventually. <laughs> but would you want to? That's the question. That's not the point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. So, all right. oh, well, this show ran long, but it was worth it, I think. Yes. Thank you to everyone who called in on the voicemails. You you truly humbled us. Please stop calling. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. I mean, it was like, it was kind of, it started, we got a couple, like, oh, great, some people responding. And then there was just a deluge in like early in the week. And we're, and we're just like, was this a good idea? We were looking <laughs> early like, tonight. It was one every two minutes for one brief period of time. Yeah. yeah. People by like Wednesday had just listened to the show. Yeah, what, oh, you, yeah. what you guys don't know is we pay per voicemail for that line, so that's the oh we do yeah, oh, yeah that bill's gonna be, be bad. Should be a bill this month. Yeah, so <laughs> all right, so until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I am Josh. Now, this is Daryl. I've read freaking C's 3. That does not make up for House of M. That does not make up for Disassemble, Avengers Disassemble. The Sentry is not made a real villain. You got a book full of cool moments, but it did not make up for that. That was not a good... Um, that ending was was was, was crazy. The, the void is the big thing that's been keeping Namor, Doom, Emma Frost, and the Hood in check. Get the hell out of here with that. That's, that is just bull. I, I don't understand that. You, you, you got to ask. I don't get that shit.